I'm Kate Daniels. We know that bullying is a very serious problem in our world, and it feels like it's getting worse. So today, we get to meet Pamela Gockley, who believed in there being a solution, and she joins us to share the way that we go through and heal ourselves and the world. Pamela Gockley, good morning. Thank you so, so greatly for being with us this morning. Thank you, Kate, for having me on. I'm so excited. As am I. I. This couldn't be more critical. I'm just going to mention that you are a certified bullying prevention specialist. You are the founder and executive director of the Camel Project, which is a nonprofit organization focused on deconstructing the culture of bullying in America. That is just this wealth of information, critical information, because bullying couldn't be more, uh, it's like a war right here in our country, would you say? It absolutely, it's invasive, it affects everyone, and it's just not a simple bullet-pointed answer solution, unfortunately. Because it's um, it's just con- continued to evolve, and t- do you think that sometimes uh, we th- feel helpless? We don't know where to start or where to turn to? Absolutely. The resources that we, when we started in 2018, uh, were for mainly the, the, the youth, the children, with very, very little information or a responsibility or accountability for adults in our community. So the Camel Project chose to take that on to make sure the adults know and to make sure we have an honest conversation of what bullying is and where it started and where we can help end it. And you make a very good point about it not being acknowledged, you know, throughout all levels of our society. Children get bullied, and that is is just so utterly painful. But there's bullying in the workplace, too. Much of it, just as in, with children, doesn't get reported. So we really have a huge crisis in this, don't we? We really do. And like I said, we want to have an honest, upfront conversation with adults to deal with the almost 80 million U.S. workers that deal with bullying in the workplace and how 60 percent of the policies actually facilitate the bullying behavior. So we kind of have it backwards because we're still in that mindset of it's just a rite of passage, it's kids on the playground, you know, all our programming that we looked into were all peer-to-peer bullying, but we're actually seeing the leadership or the bosses of the uh, uh, in the workplace are almost... 69% of the bullies in the workplace are the leadership and the managers bullying the staff and employees. So we see that this is really pervasive, and it's we need to speak about it so that people don't feel they're the only one, that they've just been targeted, and realize that this is affecting so many more people, and that's why, as you say, we need to have this honest conversation. And that's why I wrote the book, Not All Camels Are in the Desert, because I share my personal story of being bullied. And I wrote the book in a 14 font. 
as well as one and a half alignment, and it's a dyslexic font because I'm a dyslexic, so that all young people can read my story and learn bullying happens a lot. It's not just them. They're not alone, and it's not their fault. Because when it becomes their fault, that's when kids start acting out in a very violent way. You know, suicide and homicide are the leading causes of death of our youth. And again, the adults need to take some kind of accountability and know that they have the influence over our youth to uh, really make that very sad statistic go away. And that's where we want to focus. Absolutely. And we're going to give as much information as we can about this throughout this short half hour that we have together. And I'm going to start by mentioning that becoming part of the CAMEL project, there is a pledge, and I really love how just so succinct this is. I will be more self-aware of how my words and behaviors affect others. I will think before I speak. I will observe and see what is happening around me, and I will protect others who cannot protect themselves. That couldn't be more powerful, and and it applies to all of us regardless of age, and that is such great insight, Pamela. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's three sentences that we feel if people would read it and actually take action, the action steps to do this, that we would greatly reduce all the violence in our communities. It's three sentences, and that's really what we focus on in our trainings and our workshops. And we should make these huge posters that <laughs> we we have reminding us, because while it's three s- simple sentences, they're powerful, and, and uh, to undo a habit that we've had, we need to keep having these reminders around us. Yes, where our goal is to get it in every house, on every car, in every every airport, in every hotel, just to make sure people are reinforced and reminded. Because when you have a habit of mind that isn't in this space, that we're these three sentences, it's like creating a new habit and a new skill, which I don't know about you. I, I have a hard time making a systemic shift in what I do without a constant reminder and support. So we want to be that support system and available to people when they're struggling with something. Uh, But just, you know, just to be reinforcement, this is a good thing. And once people start turning that corner, they will also be, feel uh, possibly joy that they've never felt before or kindness that they never felt before and then they be, they become kind of organically motivated to look for more kindness and opportunity. But if, if you're living in trauma or stress, it's hard to have a clear vision. But we feel these three sentences can help on that road. Does that make sense? Oh, so much sense. It's just complete logic, Pamela. Okay, good. <laughs> and... The thing is, because this 
bullying exists so pervasively in our system, affecting all ages. We need to be addressing this in the schools and in the workplace and in the home so that there is this continuous support at all ages so we can come forward making the change together. Absolutely. And like I said, it's, it's a behavior, but it's very complex. So we like to chunk it down in our training to make it small bite-sized so we can have small incremental shifts in our behaviors, in our, our emotions, and how we self-manage from, you know, self-identification to self-instruction to remove the self-doubt to, you know, so this is a whole process we created that people can, with a small habit of mind, can switch into to be able to self-identify through self-instruction to self-regulate. And what's beautiful about this is we might feel helpless, like, where do I start? What do I do? All of that is handled. You have all these tools uh, available to any of us very readily uh, by just looking at the website, by even what is great, we can make a donation and receive a packet information. Uh, If we make a certain donation, we can receive a copy of the book. So you're just making it so simple and easy for us. Absolutely. And this is, we want this to be a resource. So to go back a little bit, in my first career, I was in technology for the past 30 years, and seeing the communities and the, and the children and the people still bullying each other, I, I literally had enough, and had enough so much, we started this nonprofit to make these resources available so that when people don't know what to do, they can point to the website, you can contact us through the website. You know, the worst thing we hear are a parent whose child is being bullied, and now they're talking about uh, suicide ideation. So we're pretty far down the road. But, uh, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. This is a continuation of the bullying, whether it be the, the bullying behavior itself, the target behaviors, or the witnesses' behaviors. You know, going in in that emergency mode when my, my child is, is talking about suicide because they're being bullied, you know, we'd like to prevent it from getting to that spot, but, you know, and, and with an interruption and with the peer-to-peer relationships, almost 80% of bullying, when intervened by a peer, stops immediately. So when people think it's hopeless, we, we can't eliminate bullying, I say, first of all, you're part of the stigma. Oh, yes, I did say that. I'll say it again. You are part of this stigma, and you have given up, and you don't have free will. So let's work on that. Where did that come from? Because this is a very personal issue as well. So we have to make sure our emotions and our behaviors are balanced so we can be healthy role models for our students. I'm sorry, that was a bit of a rant. I apologize there. (laughs) Oh, but it was such a good, positive rant, if you want to call it that. You had just so much critically important information packed into there. And it's great that this is a podcast. So if if some of it just slipped by because it was so much, we can just rewind and go back and listen to it again. So isn't that the beauty of our technology today? Absolutely. And, you know, we just want people to feel empowered, you know, and 
here's how you do it. Pamela, you had mentioned how this also grew out of your own personal experiences in your youth, which I think gives even that much more credibility because you experienced it. So you're not coming from a theoretical place observing. You you experienced it and, and had this trauma in your teen years. Absolutely. And, and still at my age, you know, I, I, I'm continuously work in progress. This is not, you know, looking for per- perfection here. But yes, with the experience and a lot, of, a lot of these experts that talk about bullying come from it from an academic as well as a logical standpoint. We come up from a personal experience that we understand because I experienced trauma and I went the wrong way, and I came back, and I went the right way, and then I went the wrong way. So that bobbing and weaving, which is a natural occurrence of sometimes the uh, logical academics, uh, look at that as a failure. We look at that, at least they're moving. At least they're trying and attempting new things. And it's a very positive, uh, you know, you, you gain a lot of confidence when you start doing things and take control of both your emotions, but you have to have that understanding. So we found people have a lot of knowledge about bullying. They don't have a whole lot of understanding about it. And what we don't want to do is re-traumatize people, and especially our youth. And a lot of our policies are re-traumatizing the target and emboldening the bully. So we really, as adults, have to step back. This is not your grandpa's bullying situation, we're in a whole new era with our youth today. And we have to come up with innovative ways unless we're happy with the status quo or we we are satisfied with the amount of suicide and violence. You know, logic tells you we need to try something different. Yes. And is social media, is all this connection so much of the time so that it it's not just something that happens in the school and on the school grounds. It's happening even at home if our kids are on their devices, uh, on a computer, on their phones and such. What do we do? How do we manage that? Well, first we have to understand it's an accelerant. You know, it escalates things. And if we take care of the bullying and the target and the witness behaviors, it wouldn't have an opportunity to accelerate or escalate on social media. But I talk to parents all the time. Okay, so if you're paying for that cell phone, take it. (laughs) If you're paying for the Internet connection to that cell phone, take it. And I get into discussions, uh, sometimes heated discussions, uh, from parents who I then can see that the adult is the issue that we need to work on. And the student is just learning and mirroring the adult. So we then, you know, start working with the parents. But you have to be able to control and protect your youth. So again, if you pay for the internet at home, cut it off. You are able to do that. And make sure you're monitoring. Make frequent checks on your phone. Become familiar with the dangerous uh, icons that sit on phones of, of sites that you do not want your children exposed to. This is one of the biggest ways human trafficking uh, communicates as well. 
so people like you know we 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 can escalate bullying on a more uh, uh, continuous uh, time frame on social media. Social media can also be even more insidious by rolling into other things like trafficking, addiction, you know, uh, sexual and physical abuse. So we as adults have to really be aware and nip it in the bud and make sure we raise confident kids that are going to say, no, you know, that we're not doing. I'm not going to the mall and seeing that person again. So we need to build more awareness for our adults so that we can share that uh, with their, uh, with their, with both their children and any other children that you come in contact with to become protectors and guardians. So with the CAMO project, is this a collaboration then between the school and the parents so it's really a community and all levels are learning and supporting each other? Absolutely. It's a collaborative. The CAMO project is no way it can do this on its own. So, for example, what we're doing is we would go in and do a training, uh, deconstructing the culture of bullying. So everybody's on the same page. We don't tell you what to think or how to think, but we give you and introduce another perspective as well as different options of doing, well, this is the way we've always done it, is no longer relevant. So we go in and do a four-hour training with all the adults in a school or in a workplace. So it could be the custodian. It could be the lunch lady. It could be the bus driver and also the parents, including uh, this, you know, the teachers as well as social workers. And then uh, we come back every uh, in August. Then we come back two hours a month to support and talk to and make sure we're moving in that right direction. So they're accountable to the CAMEL project. They know we're coming. We want to make sure we're evaluating what, how we're speaking, the words we're using, the attitude we have when we walk in the building, uh, even our facial expressions. Then in January, we roll this out to the students and bring them on board and challenge them to become part of this community. And then we stay till the end of the school year. Most schools have us come back a second year just to make that accountability, make sure the program is working, that we understand the impact of our both our words and behaviors on others. And this is not a, a training you're inherently born with. This is a skill that you probably never even thought of that you don't have. Because, you know, when we're born, we get our socialized. You know, we usually take on our parents or the folks who raised us. We take on their politics, their religion, you know, what kind of pet. You know, we have dogs. We're a dog family, right? Why? Because my parents were dog people. But unfortunately, we also inherit, you know, racism. We, we inherit biases, stress, and anxiety and how we communicate with each other. And sometimes we end up in an echo chamber. We don't hear any other perspectives. And we just grow to agree with each other more and more until it becomes a habit of mind. And that when other people say something different that doesn't agree with our perspective, then we get the anger. Then we get the hate. And then we get the violence. It's fairly predictable if we just take the time to understand the patterns that are happening around us. That is so beautiful. And I'm going to call it, it's a package. So that if we're feeling lost, don't know where to begin, 
it's all here for us. And and here we are in March. And so it's a good time to begin planning for this to unroll as soon as this next school year begins because of, of how you strategize it, Pamela, correct? Absolutely, yes. We're talking to a lot of school systems. Some schools, you know, some of the obstacles we're running in, uh, you know, we don't have bullying here. Um, we have a program, but it's a one-time program. This is a holistic, whole community, and we believe that's the shift, how we can shift a culture Uh you know, we have the bullies who are the leaders who are never going to admit there's bullying within their school district. So we just had a scare of someone reported a gun in one of our schools and everything was locked down. And I'm pretty sure no one from that school is going to uh, connect that with bullying. But I'm almost, there's nothing absolute, but almost all the time bullying is rooted in the core problem of violence. And right now is the opportune time to get us on the schedule for the 23-24 school year. And again, we stay around all year. This is not a one-hour training and we're ready for bullying, right? <laughs> this is not, if, if there's plenty of those out there, feel free to contact that. That is not us. We are going to be there. We have a team that come in. The original trainer uh, also is assigned to that school because we need that relationship. And after you're with somebody with a four-hour training, you're going to either uh, you're going to have a big understanding of who that person is, and you will be able to see the authenticity in the people that come in through the Camel Project program. But yeah, right now is the time to start contacting us and get us on the schedule because we don't have unlimited amount of space in our schedule either. Um, we hope to, I mean, honestly, we hope to not exist, but we seem to have more need right now than ever. But, yeah, absolutely, if you're a school district or um, some poor social worker or counselor in a school that has 2,000 students you're responsible for, which is absurd, but it's, it's everywhere, and we also found that it helps with recruiting as well as retaining staff. You know, most people love the, the teaching. Most people love their job. But the environment they're going to work in isn't, isn't conducive, you know, isn't a happy place to go to work. So they love their career and I'll say hate their work environment. So that also shifts in the culture. We can't do focus on the students without getting the adults in place. We talk to students all the time. Students are awesome. We found the adults are really kind of messed up. And that's why we're focusing on the adult program. And this, it, it is so perfect because as you described it, it, it includes all the adults, all this, the staff in the school, so that everyone is essentially on that same page because everyone has some piece of interaction with the kids to all then have that same focus is so critically important, and you're doing it. Yeah, and, you know, everybody has a voice, but rarely is there an opportunity in most, you know, schools are unique because they're both educational, but they're also a workplace. You know, so um, honestly, the lunch ladies and the custodians know exactly what's happening. 
when it's happening and who's happened. And I'm not sure I've ever heard of a school administrator talk to a custodian about what's happening in their school. And they're the folks who will now have a voice through our program. So beautiful. That is so wonderful. So here's what's important. How do people connect with you and get rolling forward on this? So there's a couple things that you can either go to the website, thechemilproject.org, and send a message. Uh, We do have some outlines of what the training entails, so you can have some information. If it's not, if you don't have a full commitment, uh, probably not a good thing to contact us. But if you really want to support your either your employees or the students in your school, uh, we found folks who reached out are very, very in tune with this and agree with this. If you think if you think the way your school is going is fine, we're good with that. You know, uh, you can. We're on Facebook. We're also on LinkedIn. And you you can just contact us and someone will surely get back to you with the different options. So we're right now talking to two schools right now. So uh, and they reached out to us. So we're pretty optimistic. We're always excited. Doesn't matter how many kids we influence or how many how many communities we have an impact. We're always excited to, to find people who really understand this is a complex problem. You know, that one poor fourth grade teacher who does a great job is going to be burned out in about a year and leave the profession. And it wasn't because of the kids. It was because lack of support from the leadership in which she works for. And this could be started by a teacher. It might be a high school student hearing about this and saying, oh, we really need this, and and just begin to pull that thread and unravel it, read the book, share that, reach out to, to the teachers, to the counselor, or someone who's a connection there, and and let, let it evolve that way. Absolutely. We have a lot of students that come to us and go, you, we need you. We need you. And I'm like, get me, get, get us an appointment, <laughs> you know, and they start petitions in the schools to have us come in and parents say, why don't you have the camel project? You know? So, you know, we're starting to get that pushback or I shouldn't say pushback, but support from community members, you know, elected officials, we have a mayor of a town that wants us to come in to talk to their elected officials and become the certified the certified prevention specialist uh, that makes them part of the CAMEL coalition. We don't go away. We are creating a movement, and we need everybody who is sick and tired of being sick and tired of and not having the answers. If you want the support, we are here. And if we think about the words of the pledge, if we embrace these and have them emblazoned around us and more importantly, emblazoned in our hearts and begin to live that, we can we can really appreciate how we can be that part of change, of turning this, this crisis around and hel- helping to heal so that Everyone is involved in being part of the solution and being all that they can be, are meant to be. Yeah, and empowering people. Once we have folks within our coalition and they're empowered, they do amazing things. 
in their community that we had no part of, but we help with that support system so people can get rid of all the trauma and the grief and the fear and the anger and the hate. And people really do deep in their heart that sometimes buried as we unleash that, you know, unfazed optimism and kindness and empathy and compassion. Our communities have done amazing things and people want to credit us. I was like, no, no, no. We just unleashed your compassion and you have done amazing things in your community. Absolutely. Which is really the way it needs to be, but in effect is the way that it is because it is us. There's no one coming in with this Band-Aid that says, now you're going to be fixed. No, it, it does come from each of us and we're part of the solution. Takes a lot of work, takes a lot of courage, and it takes a lot of motivation, which is organically created after you start this journey of personal development. And then how how rewarding is all of that? Right. We say you can't give more than you have. So if you don't love yourself, you can't give love. So we'll help you learn how to love yourself. And that is what the world has. If we look at all the violence we see, both self-inflicted and and perpetrated on others, here we see the solution to that. And heaven knows that we are in a place that is in dire, desperate need of it. And Pamela Gockley, I'm just so in awe of the fact that you're doing this, that you were able to put this together to help us to move forward. Well, I appreciate you, Kate, and everything that you do as well. And we look forward to uh, growing this organization. And with your support, we can do that. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. And let's, yes, move forward, continuing the good work. Thank you.